0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Globalnews.ca, an internal government analysis on the Canada Recovery Benefit, says the majority of recipients who received the federal help were continuous or repeat beneficiaries of the now-ended program. Uh, The analysis from Employment and Social Development Canada found that by early June, 1.5 million or about 75% of the 1.8 million unique recipients of the benefit were continuous or repeat beneficiaries. Among them were 627,000 recipients who applied and received the benefit for months at a time, never once Taking a break. It's a very interesting story and development. There's another report that we're going to talk to our guest about, which shows Canada falling behind its peers or our peers on tax competitiveness. Chris Sims joins us. She's the BC director for the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Chris, thanks. Uh, good to talk to you again. What do you make of the first story about the um, about the CRB?
1: Well, it's something that we'd been concerned about for a while. Uh, While we understood that something needed to be done, and especially the folks who were thrown out of work or had their businesses shut down uh, through no fault of their own, Uh, it was the actions of the government in response to the pandemic. We know they needed some help, but we were calling for this to start being reined in a little sooner and to have a few more checks and balances on it. So something similar to the Employment Insurance Program, where it's something that you've obviously paid into for years if you're a working person, and if you have to use it, you have to show that you're looking for work and there's a more of a, a check-in and a check-up sort of a, a culture around it. And so we were hoping for more checks and balances in that way. Hopefully, people didn't abuse the system. Uh, anecdotally, we're hearing stories that it's next to impossible for some employers to find workers to come back to work. But we think once the wash is done a few years from now and we look back on it and do some audits, then we'll really know. We'll be able to know if people were using it for legitimate reasons, and we hope so.
0: Yeah, right, and, and we do need to know. We have to know. And yeah. We have the right to know. So uh, th- this report showing that Canada is falling behind uh, our peers on tax competitiveness, we're not just, like, second or third. <laughs> we're really falling behind.
1: Yeah, we really are. Uh, we are 20th out of 37 countries in the OECD. That's actually two spots worse than what we ranked uh, back in 2020. So in the middle of the pandemic, we know things are bad, uh, but we're 20th out of 37. And so we're way behind countries, you know, like Norway and Denmark and those in even Australia, uh, New Zealand. Um, that's really not comforting to see. And what's interesting is that this tax foundation, it's not the Canadian Taxpayers Federation that did it. It's, it's an American not-for-profit organization that goes way back to the 1930s. And they look over all sorts of different uh, tax policies. Uh, they have five categories corporate income taxes, individual taxes, consumption taxes, property taxes, and some cross-border tax rules. And they analyze them every year. And unfortunately, we've dropped two ranks.
0: So what does this mean to the average Canadian? What does it mean to the small Canadian business?
1: Well, we think that for the average Canadian, they'll probably say something like, well, duh. (laughs) because uh, so much of our incomes, as we know, goes towards taxes. No uh, the folks at the Fraser Institute crunch the numbers every year for us, and it's, I think it's more than 40% of our incomes go to taxes, more than food and shelter. And that's crazy to think about, and clothing, even on top of that. That's an enormous level of tax. And out here in British Columbia, uh, we, we really do feel it, uh, especially with things like land transfer taxes, uh, carbon taxes, uh, that really adds to the high cost of fuel.
0: So we're doing, uh, we're behind our peers on tax competitiveness. It doesn't help the individual taxpayer. It doesn't help the Canadian family. It doesn't help the business community. But the governments will tell us repeatedly, hey, everything's okay. Uh, We're doing a good job. Just, Just ask us.
1: Yeah, sure. Just ask them. That's like asking if the fox guarding the hen house is doing a good job. Of course it is. You know, uh, and every time we try saying, hey, folks, uh, maybe we should start reining in some of the spending, cut some waste. They'll say something silly like, oh, what do you want to cut first Start frontline health care or education for children? It's like, well, no, how about, I don't know, we stop flying chefs around the world at the phone call because some diplomat wants to eat a certain type of cuisine. We actually spend taxpayers' money doing that. How about we not spend taxpayers' money putting on a sex toy exhibit in Germany? You know, just Such an idea. Little it's, things like that. Building ideas here.
0: Why didn't we also say to uh, members of parliament, and we did as Canadians, I think Global News uh, a uh, s- survey uh, through Ipsos showed 67. Point, this off the top of my head 67.2% of Canadians said at the early part of the pandemic that federal politicians should be taking a, a bit of a pay hit as as uh, New Zealand uh, uh, did but not one politician uh, federally stood up and, and and agreed with that not one of them not even Carla Qualtrough, who had some interesting things to say about qualifying for EI
1: Absolutely in fact they did they did better than that or worse depending on how you look at it they took pay raises and then what's that is really, true. really silly is that they'll say something like, oh, well, it's automatic. It's built into the legislation. <laughs> I know. Oh, excuse me, who do you think writes the legislation? They're, they're writing these rules and then throwing them up their hands and saying them's the rules. We're going to take more. And just to give folks an idea of how much money we're talking about here, cabinet ministers, they make, after all their benefits and all that nonsense and car allowance, they make close to $300,000 a year. Like, that's a staggering amount of money, and they're not going to be feeling things like the carbon tax increase on home heating or how much it costs you to commute to work here in the Fraser Valley in British Columbia. They won't feel those average tax bites the way that average people do, and so it's no wonder sometimes that they'll just whistle and decide to keep on hiking
0: taxes. And, and you serve at the pleasure of the prime minister. so if you're if you're in the Prime Minister's favor and you remain in the Prime Minister's favor, it can be extremely profitable, not to mention the uh, the pension, the MP pension or the senator's pension. but if they if they serve in parliament, what is it about 15 years they uh, by the time they're about sixty or sixty five, they it used to be fifty five, they get a hundred and thirty hundred and forty hundred fifty hundred sixty something like thousand dollars a year for year. life tax, uh, tied to the cost of living.
1: That's right. And it goes up automatically. Uh, I don't know many of us who do get cost of living increases and raises in our wages, especially not the private sector. And this is our issue here is we're footing these these caviar lifestyles. And we need a canned tuna level disciplined budget now because we have negative money. We are more than a trillion dollars in debt. Like in order to understand how much that is, if you and I started counting right now, it would i think it would take us 30,000 years to count that much yeah i've been it's,
0: doing some i've had some interesting statistics on a billion versus a trillion over the uh, over the uh, the yeah. afternoon here you go look how long would it take to spend uh, if you're spending uh, $40 per second around the clock it would take 289 days yeah. to spend a billion if you did the same with a trillion it would take you 792.5 years anyway yeah.
1: Imagine that. And that's yeah. you know what an average person often makes sometimes. Yeah. And if you take a look, for example, at some of our big... Tax- I
0: only have about 10 seconds, Chris. Okay,
1: very quickly. Uh, we're really getting overtaxed, and it's up to us to pick up the phone and fight back. We don't care who you voted for. Call them and tell them.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites.